1: the large cast cheers russ cheers to you man good to see you yeah buddy can't can't believe it's the end of july heading into august here yeah that's, and that's usually wild. when it's like oh man like summer's coming down down to the wire they're making our kids go back a little bit early this year i think their first day of school is like august 10th whereas like in the past it was like august 17th so it's like summer definitely feels a little bit Little bit shorter. So I don't know where you're at in the world, listener person. Hey, listener person. Hello. <laughs> if you're glad uh, to have you. <laughs> if you're if you're catching us on a road trip or a flight or sitting on a beach or trying to get your last bit of vacay in before the grind of school and all that starts, but we're glad uh you're here. And um I would say overall, man, summer's been been pretty awesome yeah this year and i know bo- both of us just this past week uh, had some pretty cool um we had, it's been a it's been a lark summer yeah this this past week
0: yeah this summer we uh on a lark we we chose to <laughs> connect with a number of people you know that that whole very meaning of the word something done out of uninhibited freedom and uh that's been pretty cool, man, just to connect with some various people within the Lark family, various states, just in traveling, um, my family coming with me. And even just this past weekend, man, We, which is why we're late on this podcast with some crazy flight delays that threw everything into a wrench in our recording. But just this past weekend, uh, Kristen and I got a chance to spend a weekend in Nashville with some people from Lark, man. Um, people that are grabbed on to good news and they're passing on good news in and around St. Louis and uh, some new people out, man, in Fresno, California, and just to eat and laugh and chat and talk and have fun. Um, yeah, did man. Did you see Jay Cutler while you were out there? I did not, but you did see Harrison. I did, I did, man. Harry from LA, right, was just sort of in town, man, for a moment and saw you know a place that I had posted with some hot chicken that we were throwing down. And it's like, hey, dude, let's meet up. Got to go to Robert's Western Wear and eat a fried bologna sandwich and drink a beer, man, and catch up and talk about good news. And it's just, it's just joyful, man. I don't know. I don't know how else to, how to describe it. It's just, there's something, uh, just something that happens in my, in my soul, man, in those moments.
1: I was kind of jealous when I saw, uh, you post a picture with Harrison because he had invited, um, me and three others, to come get like VIP access to the Halsey tour when they were in Tinley park. Yeah. But it was like July 3rd and it's like our, our July 4th weekends like already packed out. Like even the two people that I was going to bring this gal that's going into her senior year uh, next year has has become pretty good buds with my oldest cam Mm. and uh, he's going to his, his junior year. And I was like, Hey, do you guys know Halsey? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, Well, I know the drummer that's like on tour with her for this like (laughs) world tour. And we, and he just, he just put me down for sourcey for VIP backstage passes and, and seats, you know? Do you guys want to go? And she's like, dude, I got a 12 hour shift tomorrow. And Cam's like, I got to work too. I can't get out of it. And I was like, I tried finding like anybody that could go with me to that thing and I, I couldn't. So every time Harrison's in town, it doesn't it doesn't work out and um, I'm bummed. so it, I was glad to see uh, that you made yeah, that I happen. do
0: I do hate when that happens I do life gets busy but
1: Harrison don't give up on me keep keep inviting me when you come into Chicagoland please
0: yeah and just know in the future anybody listening if you go anywhere in the Midwest around Fourth of July that's like that is like their holiday. <laughs> I found that living in Chicago <laughs> for four years just people bro in the midwest like get down bro at fourth of july it is like this midwestern all-american yeah four-day celebration and uh (laughs) it truly is july
1: 4th weekend you just hope to like have all your fingers and toes you know at the end when you're when you're done with with everything but we've become the the host house for that so yes i can attest um to that and like you i didn't travel anywhere but um uh, people in the Lark community, Travis and Jill Mullen, and their three kiddos and their dog. They did kind of like a coast to coast thing. They're from the Phoenix area, previously Ventura, and they went mm-hmm. out to Maine and Rhode Island, East Coast. That's where Jill's from. And then on their way back, um, they parked their RV in my driveway and emptied their. Uh, toilet in the sewer right next to my house. He, he, he wasn't wearing a robe or smoking a cigar, but um, he was so wasn't Cousin pulling, Eddie. He wasn't. He was pulling a Cousin Eddie for sure. <laughs> uh, and, my, and, and my all my neighbors appreciated his you know compressor on the back of his RV running 20, sure. 24-7 as I'm I'm he was sure. trying to air condition his uh, RV for his dog. So shout out to Ranger. Cool dog, but we have a cat and cats tend to start peeing all over your house when, you know, they feel like they got to, you know, get territory stuff. But I know it was, it was fun connecting with them. And in the same week, we kind of were connected with Lark people. Yeah, pretty
0: pretty cool. Cheers to the community, the scandal mongers, right? That's that's people who who are passing on this insanely good news of Jesus. Yep. yep.
1: Um, so getting back into John, we're in John chapter four and um, man, if you know anything about John in John chapter four, we got the woman at the well, two episodes yeah, dude. about this interaction between Jesus and this Samaritan woman um, and a bunch of cool stuff. We're going to pull out of this. So Russ, it's, it's your week, man. Take it Here away. we
0: go, man. Here we go. John chapter four, and uh, we'll just walk through this, dude. It says, "Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, Roro, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, okay, did this." It says, "He left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria." All right, so he's on his way somewhere right? And one of the things that we're going to be seeing in in the life of Jesus is he's constantly setting his eyes toward Jerusalem because his mission is, is to die, okay? Life comes through the death, right, of someone else on our behalf. And it says here that he departed, it says, okay, again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. And just to make like a quick note here, man, he did not have to pass in the sense that we think when we read that, Oh man, right. he had no choice, but to go here. Right. That That's actually not true. Um, rabbis had written down many ways to avoid Samaria for any Jewish person who was traveling mm-hmm. because the last place that you could be would be Samaria. And the last place that you would want to be is Samaria, because in your eyes, these are a people who are devoid of all that is, that is humanity. <laughs> This is seen as a disgusting place, a second-class society, the problem yeah. in the world. I know that's very foreign to the way that we think today in modern society, to think of certain people who believe certain ways or think certain ways are lesser than we are, and therefore should be avoided at all costs.
1: Or certain regional know. places where these people are found. Yes, yep. Certain yeah. Light. For people that are all into lineage, right? Mm -hmm. and god loving you or your place in the kingdom because of your lineage lineage samaritans were ethnically mixed and for people who were all about theological acuteness these people were they were heretics they were religious heretics
0: yep yes so again through various writings that Jesus would have been familiar with. And again, just being God in the flesh, probably would also be aware of there are other ways, okay. To get mm-hmm. where he's going and through Samaria. So it's but saying he had that to he had, he had to, to, right. That's the kicker, man. Like, yes, he had to. Okay. And the reason why he had to is because he had something there that he needed to do. Mm-hmm. And I love that, man. I, to me, it's like the whole, premise of this story begins with just understanding that i love that right and so it says that he had to pass through samaria so he came to a town of samaria called dude how do you say that word man i don't know just right? do it like
1: how we did back when we were in ministry and preaching just say it confidently and like just move on and people are like, oh yeah
0: yep there it is yeah, I always laugh about that, especially when you do the research or oh, you say it this way or this way or this way. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> and you're dude. like,
1: and we're never going to be friends. So just don't yep. talk to
0: me. Yeah, don't don't. Yeah, just leave me alone. Uh, it says, uh, it says near the field that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. OK, Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. Jesus is human. OK, he was weary. Now, some people are like, well, what? you know, I don't know, man, when he was. What was he weary about? And there's all these like interpretations that come into it. I'm just going to land on just the text saying that he was tired. So he sat down. Um, and it was about the sixth hour. Okay. That's an important piece here. All right. It says a woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. A Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, Ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria, for Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. How many dealings? Well, it says no. Um, the words also translated none, zero, nada, zilch. Um, zilch. Um, but I mean, it could also mean like some dealings. <laughs> just kidding. It just <laughs> means. No dealings in the Greek. It's hell. No, hell no. Yeah. So this is kind of what you have going on here, And this is a big deal. People are reading this and they're like, man, I don't, I don't understand. Like all he did was just ask her for a drink of water. You know, a guy asking a lady yeah, for a drink chill, of water. This is, why is this you know, such a big deal? Like, I mean, why is this even a conversation? But this is a big deal. Okay. This is a far bigger deal than you can imagine. Um, the very act of, of Jesus asking a Jewish man, A Samaritan woman for a drink of water is straight up scandalous. Mm -hmm. This is a scandalous act. And if you back up just a few verses that Jesus had to do, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he had to do this. I believe so. So you have a Jewish man, right? Who's not supposed to be speaking to a woman. I mean, you even got cases, man, where Jewish men wouldn't even speak to their wives or their daughters in public in certain settings. Right. So, and then to be speaking to a Samaritan, which is like, this is your chief rival enemy. Mm-hmm. These are the two tribes that hate each other. Okay. Right. Like this is, this is, this is a very scandalous act here. Um, and again, as I already read, Samaritans, right. Have no dealings with the Jewish people. The Jewish people have no dealings with the Samaritans. And if you also notice just a couple of verses prior to that, it says that this is happening at the six hour. So this whole shindig bro is going down at noon in the daylight out for everybody to see broad daylight. This is the opposite of Nicodemus. Okay. In the last chapter coming to Jesus, right? Under the guise of night, sneaking in to ask some questions about who, you know, who is he really, this is Jesus doing the opposite of that.
1: The light of the world. Yeah. Broad daylight doing scandalous yep. stuff.
0: Yeah. It almost makes you look at him and you're like, man, he's like, unlike the rest of us, he doesn't seem to be very desperate for the sense of status or significance that comes with what other people think of him. Yeah, no, he just doesn't track with it, man. He's actually this thing called free. We talk about this a lot in Lark. He's free to go walk in this very scandalous act that would be despised from both tribes and just completely not care. He's got something to do here, something Mm -hmm. he needed to do. And I just, man, to me, that's, that's huge. And so he says, um, he says, give me a drink. Um, Let me back up just a second. Uh, Jesus answered. She's like pushing back on like, you know, why would you, a Jewish man ask me a Samaritan, you know, a woman for a drink? Yeah. She says, he's like, listen, uh, if you knew, I love this. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman says to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get this, you know, this living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob? (laughs) You know, he gave us this well and drank from it himself. You know, like this, she's like, wait a second, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water, okay, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Okay, so we'll just stop there for a second. She's She's not picking up what he's putting down. You, you get this a lot.
1: Like, <laughs> you, like in my passage, there's, you know, a similar thing. His thing is in my passage, it's food and they're like food. Like, what? like it's same interaction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's not understanding the situation. She's not understanding what he means by living water. Um, it's it's, she's just not picking up on it. But what I love about this is Jesus is patient. Mm-hmm. And I know you've seen this. I've seen this. We've talked about this a lot. You don't see Jesus always being very patient with the religious crowd, okay, that is trying to pit him against something or trying to hold something over him or cause a dissent. Mm-hmm. He seems to be pretty, pretty blunt. Um, but when it's someone who seems to be not understanding or grasping something, but yet there's an, it seems to be like this earnesty to, to, to see, to understand, to know, mm-hmm. uh, there seems to be this level of patience that goes on there. And so right out of the gate, Jesus says to her, like, listen, he refers himself as the gift of God, the gift of God. And th- this is this is a big deal, man. Um, I know sometimes we think of ourselves as the gift of God, <laughs> right? but geez, this actually I knew a is to, the gift. Of I God. knew a dude who
1: dressed in a, like a legit like Christmas box, had it wrapped in everything. and came to a Halloween party as like God's gift to women. And that's what the tag said
0: wow it was a it was such a killer costume <laughs> i mean you gotta love the humor in that right you gotta love the boldness in it but, but to um,
1: actually refer to yourself as the gift of god would be either extremely, you're extremely arrogant, arrogant yes or, or
0: maybe you yeah. know a little something or, or maybe you are god actually maybe you are god who intentionally became flesh which is what we've been unpacking yeah to be the gift of salvation, to be the very life of a broken world. You know what I mean? This mm-hmm. is straight up a gift, man. He's not a teacher, he's not a mentor, he's not an example, you know what I mean, that any of us are ever going to follow. Let's just drop that. He's the gift of God. He's the Messiah. Yeah. Amen. And so she wonders like, man, are you above Jacob? You know? Like seriously like because that's kind of where like our you no, know, like, that's where our story begins. You know what I mean? It's where our religion starts to take shape. Mm -hmm. Form and fashion, and and of course, to that, you're like, Yeah, you might want to go back and do a little more reading about Jacob, but being above Jacob wouldn't be that difficult. Um, of course, being above anybody in the scriptures other than Jesus wouldn't be that difficult because they're all just flawed people like the rest of us. Um, but again, her perspective, you know, I mean, that's where she's coming from.
1: Oh, the last passage, he who comes from above is greater than all.
0: Yeah, it's like comes from above, from above like you know like a gift like a gift of god and so he's you know he says like you know the water that he offers man it's it's endless and it actually quenches thirst okay it's a it's a reference to something that goes far beyond just this water that's sitting at the bottom of this of this well that they're sitting at and again he's he's being very patient with her it's this act of love he doesn't rebuke her okay he um he actually starts to press in okay Intentionally to her story. And I feel like in how he goes about this, she begins to see who he really is. But he also does it in a way where, again, he he's not condemning her. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's
1: he's touching on something very, very personal. Very personal. Um, but she's drawn into the light, not like previously in John, where we've talked about. For we love the darkness rather than the light, for our deeds are evil. There's yep. a drawing in, and the way it ends too, kind of has me rethinking. You know, like how I used to, how this was handed to me, and how I used to hand it off to others.
0: Ah, oh, okay, okay. Well, let's let's get into that. I'm going to read these next few verses just to give our audience some perspective, and we'll uh, we'll close all this out here. Jesus said to her, okay, in her sort of moment of confusion, he says, uh, "Go." go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him. I have no husband. Jesus said, or you are right in saying, I have no husband for you've had five husbands. And the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers. (laughs) (laughs) Love love that line. I do too. (laughs) I, It's kind of hard to read that one, man. Oh crap, time. I
1: just I just met you and you know all this about me. Sir, I perceive you're a prophet.
0: Uh, you seem to have uh, an understanding that I didn't <laughs> think <laughs> anyone else had. He says, um, he says, our fathers worship. She's what she says. She says, Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said, Or woman, um, which is actually an endearing term, just to be clear. This isn't like woman, get your but in the kitchen, right. you know, kind of like yeah. jargon that, you know what I mean? We've all heard in the past, similar is, to
1: the wedding at Cana when he referred. to yeah, his
0: Yeah, it's, sure. it's a, sure. It's an endearing term. He says, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem this is huge. Will you worship the father, your worship? I'm sorry. He says you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a reference to the lineage. You know, the Messiah is coming in and through the right. Jewish people, Jesus. Um, he says, But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said, or I who speak to you, am he crazy, man. Right. So this whole, like, oh, he's just a teacher. He's just a good rabbi. He's just a great mentor. An example. We should all follow. No, bro. Once again, out of Jesus's mouth, the gift of God, the Messiah, that's who's talking to you. That is what's,
1: yeah. What's wild is like normally And it comes out a little bit more in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but he'll do something and people are like, dude, you're, you're it. You're the one. And he's like, yeah, just shush on that, you know, for a hot minute. But with her, like of all the people, you know, to reveal this to you would think it would be like the most like important religious people. And in fact, his very first kind of mic drop, I am that guy. It's like yep. the exact opposite on the religious social spectrum, all the way down to the bottom of a Samaritan woman who's on her, who's been what divorced five times. And is in a, you know, a relationship with a man. That's not, you know, yep. her husband, she's a religious heretic. She's got a bunch of just relational brokenness going yep. on. And Jesus, <laughs> Jesus reveals who he is to her.
0: The, the grace
1: yep. of this moment is insane.
0: Yep. And she's. This is a woman who has had a hard life. She's living a hard life. You don't yes. live in a Samaritan village or a Jewish village or anywhere, for that matter, at that time, um, in which you've been divorced five times, and now you're with someone who's not your husband, dude. In
1: a culture we where don't,
0: women don't divorce men, no, cannot divorce men. So she's been divorced by a man five times. Yes, and in a society where without the help of a man would be very difficult to make it right. Which might be why she's with another man right now. Who's not her husband. There
1: was we no, wo- I am woman. Hear me roar going on. Oh no, no, we can none do, of that we happening. can do this, you know, mm-hmm.
0: no, the no, land Babushka of opportunity tied around
1: backwards with like, you know, the chick with the flex in the arm, like, yeah, there wasn't any of that going on back then. Yeah.
0: A free society with, with, the uh, with the freedom to pursue whatever opportunity you wanted to man. It's like today like what we see here, like that's not in this case, man. And I think Jesus seems to know this, although he does bring to light her, her struggle and which we could be very much caused by her. We don't know. She could have been abused by all of them. She could have been, you know what I mean? Guilty of adultery five times in a row. Like we don't, we don't know. Right. But regardless of it was, if it was caused or something that, you know, was handed to her, um her life's hard, man. And Jesus yeah, seems like, to I, meet her in that.
1: I've seen it, you know, I've I've heard this whenever you get to talking about the love of God and the grace of God, everyone always has the buts, the however's, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a classic passage that's always brought up to be like, well, we like we gotta confront people's sin. Like you, like you have to get to the conversation. Look at John 4, look at the woman at the well. Jesus confronted her sin. If you want to like throw the label and just really say like what's going on here in this exchange, if you want to, if you want to abbreviate it by saying Jesus is confronting her sin, I just feel like that's like insanely like um just short-sighted. Mm. There's so like in, in light of everything that you've shared, there's so much more going on here. And especially too, like, I don't want to I don't want to ruin the passage, but look what she look what she does and how she perceives him yeah. sharing and this sort of knowledge of her. This knowledge of her is a positive thing. In mm-hmm. fact, it becomes the very core of her message to others. Yeah. So to yeah. say like gay yeah, man, like Jesus, just putting a finger in her face and like condemning her and saying, you know, hey, I got to confront your sin, so to speak in light of how she reacts, I think maybe there might be something a little bit going on here. Maybe he's tipping his hat into his knowledge. Just the fact that he is the Christ Um, in light of the fact that men don't divorce women. Maybe it's a little bit more of an acknowledgement of where you are. Like I see you, I know what's going on Mm -hmm. and yeah, I'm sure she's had some stuff that's embarrassing, you know, in that for sure. Maybe there's a way she sabotaged her relationships. Maybe she's barren physically. Maybe she can't have kids and she's worthless you know, yeah. to a society, um, you know, that, that wants to be fruitful, but we don't know it's all speculation. But I think the fact that if you label John four is just like, well, Jesus is just here to confront her sin. It's Like, dude, dig a little
0: deeper. No, I'd hundred percent agree. Cause a few things, one, we're already all guilty because the right, that's what the law already declared. So you can just back up in chapter three of John, So if you're going to run with John four and that premise that you just brought up, which I hear people say that all the time and why we need to do this. Well, chapter three already disputes that you are we're not, we're not, we're not lost. You know what I mean? Because of what we've done, we're lost because we refuse to accept the acceptance that we've received. The law has condemned us, but we run from the light. Not because the light's not good, but we think that our darkness somehow can't be overcome or we're afraid of what God's like and what he's going to do with it, which seems to be what Jesus continues to reveal to us. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, he does bring something up to show who he is, to move her, right, to, to kind of meet her where she's at. And yes, it is. Um, she is guilty of this in some form or fashion, for sure. But I don't think that is in any way why she responds with like, well, I'm in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she doesn't like all of a sudden I'm in and run I'm into gathering, the light because I'm she's guilty. Others. Right. Oh, yeah, now exactly. that you said I'm guilty. Oh, I'm, I'm totally going to see you as a messiah. She already knows she's guilty. She's Even, already an outcast in her culture.
1: Yeah. Even if you want to say he's purely like bringing up her her darkness, just the fact that he's still sticking around for this conversation and still wants to engage relationally and be involved, right? Like, okay, cool. You want to say that? That's fine. Check it out. He knows everything about her in that way and still wants to have a relationship with her. Still wants to have a friendship.
0: Yep. Yeah. John, what is it? 317. I came not into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world might be saved through me. So if you think Jesus here is, doing this to condemn her. And this is why we need to therefore condemn and call out da, 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 da. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, I think you've missed chapter three and also miss what Jesus is actually doing here. Yeah. Cause he doesn't double down on that or press into that or give her some solution for how she needs to go. Now correct that with yeah. God's help. Like he's this jetpack that she's going to put on. He's he a follower follow her in town
1: and to perform a wedding ceremony. So she could be like legit. Right. And
0: to get out of sin. Instead, he says to her, listen, the hour is coming and it is now here. You think you need to worship here by the well. You talk about the Jewish people say, no, you got to be at the temple. And if you're not there, then your worship doesn't count. Well, I'm telling you, Jesus's words, the hour is coming and is now presently here. We're the true worshipers, the people who, as in like the people who actually awaken to what is real. Doesn't, the true worshiper is not like a quality of them, to be clear. That's not that statement. Right. Okay. It's a, it's a qualifier of their worship, not a qualifier of them. So the true worshipers, as in people who are actually living in awe and in light of who God really is and what he's really like, won't be going to the temple. Because guess what? That thing's coming down, mm-hmm. which he'll make known later on. Mm-hmm. And it, they won't be doing it here at the well. They'll be worshiping by spirit whoever they are, wherever they are, mm-hmm. that's the day that's coming. That's yeah. what I'm bringing about through my death and resurrection. Yeah. You and see dude, the creed cult. Like,
1: yeah, there it is.
0: You see the creed cult
1: conduct still at play. Is it here? Is it there? Right. She gets into yep. this like theological debate. There's a right worship practice going on. That's cult. There's uh, you know, creed. They you say it's here, we say it's there. It's the theological banter back and forth. And he goes, "Listen, man. Like, you know, first of all, people are going to worship in spirit from the heart. This is not Mm going to be an external thing. This is going to be something that impacts you in some of the most in the most deepest place of who you are. Yeah. And you're going to do this in truth, and not to you know spoil um, John 14." but Jesus is the truth. So you're <laughs> worshiping from the heart through Jesus, knowing who he is, how he brings us back to the father, reconciles us to the father. Yeah. That's what Jesus mean authentically from the heart. This is a genuine thing, not just a religious external thing. And it has everything to do with knowing me as savior.
0: Yeah. It'll be like this well that has sprung up in you using his words. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's endless. It, it truly quenches the thirst. Yeah. You're longing for, for joy, for meaning, for purpose. Okay. For freedom, for worth, for that sense of oneness and belonging, hope, all that. Yeah. All that's going to be, all that thirst that you have for that will be met. Yeah. When you see and know me.
1: The rat race you run Yeah, for significance for belonging, for identity, for title, for position. It's for right money. here in front
0: of you. All of And it. I love that, man, because it just makes me think in just terms of like, even what we've set out to do as a ministry, if just really doubling down on this message, this declaration of God's scandalous love, his grace, this freedom that we have, the freedom that we were set free for, as Galatians says. Okay. When that happens, man, you become this worshiper in spirit and truth wherever you are whoever you are Mm -hmm. and now all the conversations that we've been in uh, in and all the endless you know religious have tos and how tos and what church when it really counts and when it doesn't and all these things it just dissipates man yeah when you awaken to this you go oh how and you know because if you think about it man like so much of christendom today church culture today is very temple centered. Oh yeah. It's the opposite of what Jesus is actually declaring here. Mm-hmm. And so it just ends this way. We'll close it out here. This is just then his disciples came back. They marveled. <laughs> I love that. They really don't know what to do with this because they themselves don't get any of this either. Just to be clear. So yeah, this is really a positive thing either. Right. And they just marveled that he was, talking with a woman oh my god how dare he right but no one said what do you seek or why are you talking with her so the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people come see a man who told me all that i ever did can this be the christ not hey this guy just condemned me for what i did just revealed all my brokenness and now I am so ready to just walk in the light. You should come see him. No, yeah, it's that's this what I'm guy saying. I never even knew, just literally talked to me about things in my life that he doesn't know.
1: This dude just read my email, drug me through the mud, and condemned me. <laughs> you guys want to meet him? <laughs> it's so great. Yo, I met this new guy today. Uh, yeah, he's great. Um, he just heaped a bunch of condemnation on me. Yeah. And uh, new stuff about me that I was extremely embarrassed of and said it out loud in public at noon. Um, yeah. you guys
0: want to meet him too? <laughs> He's great. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> so she says, Come and see him. And I love this. Can this be the Christ? Question yeah. mark. They went out of the town and they were coming to him. That's in there. Mm-hmm. So such a beautiful truth. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to keep talking because it's all going to go into next week's podcast, which to me is great. And picking up like where this conversation is and, and, and how it starts to, you know, really seep down into the, to the soil man of, of life from a, from a variety of different people. So, yeah, but man, come see, come see this guy. I think, I think he's the Christ. Yeah, dude. Good stuff.
1: Can't wait to get into the next conversation. It's basically the same story. It bleeds, it bleeds in. And, um, man, the grace, the love, the depth when you really dive in and do a little bit of work. And I think that that's why it's important, you know, like what we're, what we're doing. And I know, like, I know a lot of the people that we connect with have a complicated relationship with God, with the church and with the scriptures in particular. Um, And there's a lot floating around out there about the scriptures. And it's like, man, I don't know like the ins and outs of all the details and all the nuances and all that. But man, like to me, this is this is God's word. It's true. I cling to it. It's my standard in life. And when you dive in, really, really dive in and and kind of help bridge the gap culturally. You know what I'm saying? Try to put yourself back there and just just get a few tools, you know. Um, in your hands to help you kind of like understand holy cow
0: dude it's just so freaking rich and beautiful yeah. yeah Yeah. encouraging life-giving literally life-giving to any yeah. of us man if we'll just take the time to listen and let what he said be what he said amen So, so to time. that cheers